Thanks for joining Impact Boom. On this episode... What we are doing as a manufacturer is that we are setting up our factories as family-friendly small hubs of 30 to 50 workers designed to support a number of women who also work from home and enabling them to participate in our production, but take care of their small children. Welcome to impactboom.org. We search the globe to find the people, stories, ideas, and inspiration to help you create maximum positive impact. Each week, Impact Boom brings you thought-provoking interviews with world-leading practitioners passionate about creating positive social change. These designers, social entrepreneurs, educators, innovators, thinkers, and doers share their projects, initiatives, thoughts, and insights on creating a better world. You can find all the stories, links, and other great content at impactboom.org. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter for the latest updates or subscribe to the newsletter or on iTunes. Thank you for listening to episode 449 of Impact Boom. My name's Sarah and I'm passionate about visioning, empowering and contributing to positive, regenerative heart and soul-led initiatives that are happening locally and globally. And today we're speaking with Liz Henderson. Liz is an entrepreneur and strategist who has founded and sold a number of businesses internationally. She's managed strategy consultancies in two countries for 23 plus years, working with executives, boards, across a range of sectors from global software and infrastructure to financial services and universities. She's the co-founder of Avoda Global, a sustainable and ethical clothing manufacturing company employing women rescued from trafficking and other vulnerable and at-risk backgrounds right in Cambodia. Liz owns an e-commerce activewear business that manufactures through the Cambodian Centre. And prior to moving to Australia, she established three ladies' fitness centres, which she sold once they reached profitability. She's lived and worked in Africa, Asia, Europe, North America, Australia, New Zealand, and has a master's in international development. In Avoda, her areas of responsibility include strategy, governance, finance, investment, HR, legals, compliance, and business development. Basically, everything that is not sewing related. On today's podcast, we will discuss how garment manufacturing can be more effective and ethical, and what Avoda Global is doing to lead the way human trafficking and how a voter is working with women from trafficked and other vulnerable backgrounds, as well as what their hub and spoke manufacturing hub looks like and why it's important. Hello, Liz. Hello, Sarah. How are you? Good. How are you? Yeah, very good. Very good. Liz, yeah. it's so wonderful to have you. Thank you so much for joining us. It's my pleasure, Sarah. To start off, could you please share a little bit about your background and what it is that led you to where you are today? That is a very long and circuitous route, but as you can tell, I am Canadian by background and by accent. My first job out of uni, I did a science degree, was teaching maths and science in the middle of the Kalahari Desert in a village that was two days along a sand trail that had no electricity, uh, running water only in a standpipe and no phones or anything. So a bit of a shock from the city of three million people, Montreal, where I grew up. I mentioned that because it set the trajectory of my work life from that point on. I've lived around the world, seven countries, five continents, 
And I found myself in Australia after earthquakes in New Zealand and working for one of um, the water utilities here, having run my own businesses in New Zealand for oh, 14 plus years. And so my background really is, um, although it's I'm a scientist with a master's in international development. My strength has been in strategy. So I've run my own strategy consultancies, both in Australia and in New Zealand for 23 plus years. But I took a segue out of that and did some operational work in the water utility, which was fantastic. But I got an entrepreneurial itch that wasn't being scratched working for effectively a public service organization. So back in 2016, I quit my job. I had a fantastic job, a fantastic team, but I set out to see what was next in the entrepreneurial space for me. I actually set up a swimwear business, knowing very little about e-commerce, but thinking that was a, a suitable product for an Australian entrepreneur to bring to market. And that went reasonably well, but uh, my partners ended up moving on to other things and I closed it down. I think the important thing is the story of entrepreneurship isn't always success. Sometimes it doesn't work. And that was a good learning for me. I then went back into strategy and I've worked with oh, everything from global software companies to ports and infrastructure, financial services, even right on the far end of creativity with digital marketing companies. And so I went back to my bread and butter of strategy, looking for the next thing. And I found an e-commerce business for sale that was maternity activewear. And I've always had this dual thing where I do strategy, my brain business, but I have to have something else on the side. And so this maternity active where became the business on the side. And it was through that I bought that business in um, September 2019. Really bad timing, <laughs> but I wanted to use it as a vehicle to help vulnerable women. So I went on a trip to Cambodia and Vietnam, and that's where I met my business partner, Kareen. And she became the production manager for my e-commerce maternity activewear business. But my purpose in that trip was to find sewing centers that were doing good, helping vulnerable people that I could have my e-commerce retail business have it manufactured in. Never thinking at that moment that I would end up owning one of those sewing centers that we visited. So fast forward into COVID and the sewing center that we visited in Phnom Penh was about to close because of COVID. It had no customers. So Kareen and I were pretty distressed about that. She had actually set this particular sewing center up in 2016. Long story short, we ended up buying it in a country we couldn't visit in the middle of a pandemic and it had no customers. And so that was the start of the journey of Avoda Global. So we are a sustainable and ethical clothing manufacturer providing women who've been trafficked and other, as you said, vulnerable and at-risk workers with training, support, and employment. And we contract manufacture for a number of Australian companies, but also some American labels as well. So that kind of brings us to my present day, but I'll just say that Australia is now home. I will obviously venture out into Cambodia and other parts of Asia. I've got the passport now. I am not moving to another country. <laughs> <laughs> Great. We're happy to have you here, Liz. You began to share about Avoda Global and the story that unfolded in how Karina and yourself birthed Avoda Global. Can you tell us more about 
what are the unique aspects of the way that you operate and what's the impact that you're generating? Yeah, our model is quite different from a lot of social enterprises that you see operating in countries like Cambodia, where I call it an inside out model, where they make things and then they try and find an external market for them. Whereas we're the reverse, we never make any item in our factory that hasn't been asked for by someone else. So it's an outside in model. So very much focused on our customers and our target markets and what they're asking us to make. The other difference is we are a commercial enterprise, but we're different to other commercial garment factories. Number one, we pay our workers a living wage. Number two, we have a full vocational training program and we have a charitable front end, a project that brings women with very limited sewing skills, low education into the factory and we give them very hands-on vocational training, but also life skills, how to manage your money, fitness class, all sorts of English class. And we're building that program at around 20 competencies or soft skills that will help them thrive at home and at work. And the reason we have this as a charitable front end is because these women are, are not at a skill level that we could put them onto our commercial production. So because we're making garments and other textile products for an export market, there's a quality level that we have to address. And we are all about quality and excellence. And so we, we actually need to work with them for 12 to 16 months to get them up to speed. That's another big difference. The other difference is in the big factories in places like Cambodia, it's battery hen. They're crowded into an unsafe, unsanitary workplace. They work long hours, they play to pittance, and uh, they make low-quality garments that, sadly, we buy, wear for a season and toss and ends up in our landfill. So the whole model needs disrupting. And the other thing, in those big factories, typically a worker, because they're low-skilled, they're only going to use one machine and they're probably only going to learn how to do one type of seam. Like you will spend your whole life sewing an arm of a shirt onto the shoulder. That's all you do. And we take a completely different approach. All our team are flexible. They're trained on every machine that we have. And we do everything from stretchy active wear, swimwear, through to woven textiles. So that's unusual in itself. Normally, you'll have a factory that just specializes in, in one thing. We're different on a lot of points, Sarah. Yeah, absolutely. And your commitment to confronting, addressing, and preventing human trafficking, which sadly is an issue that a lot of people don't realise how vast it really is. So can you speak to that and can you speak to the different new type of work from home model yes. that's developed? Yes, you know, that, yes that, <laughs> that is another, that, that's yeah. probably again one of the main differences. So trafficking is an, an enormous problem, 11.7 million people have been trafficked globally and 71% of them are women. And that is such a large and intractable problem. It's hard to see how we can do something about that. But again, the power is in our wallets and we can choose to buy from companies that are taking care of their workers and caring for the planet. So we, we can make a difference in it. 
What we are doing as a manufacturer is that we are setting up our factories as family-friendly small hubs of 30 to 50 workers designed to support a number of women who also work from home and enabling them to participate in our production, but take care of their small children. Because what we're finding is that the trafficking starts often with small children. And we have in our near network that very thing happened, a child being groomed and abused by a neighbor while mom was working long hours in an exploitive factory. So if we could have help that mom work from home, if we'd existed back then, then she could have minded her children while she had income from participating in our production, then that abuse would never have happened. And so this is our way of dealing with that trafficking right at the root in local communities where it's going on unseen. And it's such a powerful, considered and effective approach that you're approaching it at with the Mm. root Mm. of... Mm. Hmm. all of these entry points where unfortunately these things can occur and you're finding different pathways and possibilities Hmm. for people and it's proving to be phenomenally effective. So Hmm. just amazing work that you're doing. Yeah. Lizzie, you were recently part of our Female Founders Forward cohort. Can you tell us a little bit more about your experience and any key takeaways that you had from that program? Yeah, it was a brilliant experience. We loved participating. I got so so much out of it. I think there were two key takeaways that I took from it. First of all, we're not alone. It can feel very isolating being on that entrepreneurial journey and just being able to connect with other women who were on the same pathway was exciting. But also you and Tom leading it and the speakers that you got in, we built a network and that was very encouraging. Everybody is has your back. That was the first takeaway. The second one is that building a firm foundation is critical. So we as entrepreneurs can get caught up in the vision and the mission of what we're doing, but actually building out a foundation, understanding and articulating what our theory of change is, using those design thinking skills to actually design your business, getting the financial foundations in place, the legal ones, all those different bits that sit around the mission, if you like, to make it into a sustainable business. I think that was the biggest learning. And honestly, the team that you pulled together, Sarah, to present to us was exceptional. I'm really thrilled that you had so much value from it, Liz, particularly as a serial entrepreneur yourself, Mm -hmm. someone who's worked for decades in business. So I'm really glad that it was valuable for you. What are some inspiring projects or initiatives that have crossed your path recently that you feel are creating really positive change? Uh, The cohort that we're on the journey with Impact Boom, the female founders cohort, were amazing. And for me, the ones that really touch my heart are ones working with vulnerable and um, people at risk. So Ethne, I love the model where they are working with refugee and migrant women into and supporting NDIS clients. So these young women are actually learning leadership skills while providing a beautiful service to others. I love OneBridge. Uh, Again, that nursing and health, mental and physical support for people in transition and social housing. Absolutely. Globe domes, you know, addressing the homeless issue 
Those ones really struck my heart. I also, through my involvement in Coralis, I have a real heart for the, the next generation because I think the mental stresses that they're facing are enormous. So companies like Stymie that are providing an anonymous way for young people to either self-report or to report a friend who's struggling mentally to try and address and put them in touch with the right care so that we don't see suicide rates increase. And Parent TV is another one where supporting parents, it's pretty difficult to be a parent today. Giving parents the tools to help their children through, I think is fantastic. So those are the ones that come to mind. All brilliant. Amazing. And to finish off, Liz, what are some books or resources that you would recommend? (laughs) All right, Sarah, I have to confess that I am a smorgasbord reader. I snack on many books all at the same time. So I'm reading now, which I'm really enjoying on a business side traction, getting a grip on your business by Gina Wickman. It's all about being able to scale your business by getting all those foundational pieces in place. Just for interest, I'm reading a fantastic book by a lady called Susie Sheehy. She's a a physicist at the University of Melbourne, and she's written this great book called The Matter of Everything, 12 Experiments That Changed Our World. It's highly readable, and I really recommend that one. And then something on kind of the health side, I'm reading a rereading, The Body Keeps Score, which is a book by Bessel van der Kolk. And again, it's just about how trauma plays out into our physical bodies and how to basically break that connection. Those are the three I would recommend. Amazing. Thank you. And you're inspiring me to embrace the snackingness of being a snacking reader. Liz, it's amazing to have you here today and just full respect, appreciation and admiration for the work that you and Corrine do. So thank you. Thank you for having me on the show. Thanks for listening to Impact Boom. You'll find links to the initiatives, people and resources mentioned in this podcast on impactboom.org. Please leave your comments below. And remember, we'll be publishing fresh inspiration and insights to help you create positive impact every week on the website, Facebook page and Twitter.